Welcome to the D2C Slingshot Podcast. I'm your host, Lockie Thompson, and I'm also the founder of Social Slingshot, a paid advertising agency. This podcast is your go-to resource for e-commerce entrepreneurs seeking insights from industry leaders and experts. If you're magically stumbled across this podcast, I'm truly grateful you've chosen to listen. If you have any questions whatsoever or specific topics you'd like us to cover, do not hesitate to reach out to me on Instagram at LockySocialSlingshot. While this podcast is tailored to the broader e-commerce community, if you're ever in need of direct marketing assistance, remember that Social Slingshot is here to help. Our mission is to drive as much success for as many e-commerce brands as possible by being the most results-driven and client-focused agency in the market. Now, with all the admin stuff taken care of, let's dive straight into today's episode. G'day guys, welcome back to the D2C Slingshot podcast. Today, I'm joined with Chris, the founder of Lawless. You just want to give yourself a quick introduction and what, why and how you started Lawless. No worries. Um, thanks for having me on, mate. I appreciate it. I, I started Lawless about, I reckon it was right at the start of 2020, um, so sort of coming up towards four years now. Um, I started it because... Uh, so I, I, I sell a range of CrossFit accessories um, and apparel and stuff. And I've always been, um, you know, uh, training and wanting to use, you know, good quality um, gear and stuff like that. And I just really, I just didn't love the stuff that I was using. And I just sort of thought that it was, there wasn't a huge range um, and there was sort of um, not an overly saturated market or anything like that. So I thought that I'd, um, I'd jump in and give it a go and see if I could sell the stuff that, I would want to use myself. Um, and yeah, here we are sort of four years later and things are starting to kick off a bit, which is pretty sick. Yeah. And did you have any previous business experience before you started that or did you just sort of get like thrown into lockdown possibly and then go straight into online business with no experience? Yeah, no, no, no business experience. I will, Technically, I did start a, a, a commerce course at uni, but I, I left after like <laughs> six months or 12 months or something. Um but yeah, no formal business experience. It was just kind of um, learning as as I go, um, sort of learning, just watching shitloads of YouTube and um, basically just sort of learning from my mistakes. And I, I did start off um, with my wife. We did start off doing a um, a eco-friendly sort of business sort of prior to COVID. Um, and we just sort of, that was kind of our first little um, sort of dipping the toe in the water with the, with the e-com sort of stuff. Um, but yeah i just sort of felt like that wasn't really exactly what i wanted to be to be selling and all that sort of stuff and thought uh, i'd rather sell stuff that i would like to use myself um so yeah so basically just from that that was sort of my first little shopify experience um and just sort of dipped my toe in with the with facebook ads and stuff and then um yeah from then start of 2020 um we sort of yeah just kicked off from then and kept trying to um learn from the mistakes that are made and um and yeah keep on keep on growing it yeah awesome we'll just touch on those mistakes just in a minute but before we get too much further into the podcast i do want to learn a little bit more about you and just so that listeners can get to know you a little bit more as well but are you a podcast guy or a music guy within the gym uh music for sure yeah i don't normally listen to podcasts at the gym i listen to podcasts more so um like before bed or something like that or when i'm traveling but in the gym, um, I, yeah, definitely listen to music for sure. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I, when I'm going for like my PRs and stuff, I'll listen to music. Uh, but yeah. when I'm sort of just in there just doing like a 
normal weekly routine. I'm more of a podcast guy. Um, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Myself, I'm more of a morning guy as well. I like to get up early and get it out of the way. What about yeah. you? Are you morning or nighttime? Uh, I've done a bit of both at the moment, uh, more so evenings. For a little while, I was doing sort of 6 a.m. class um, and that sort of thing. But um, we've got a two and a half year old who hasn't been sleeping very well. So the, the mornings have sort of gone out the window and I sort of head in. And we'll do like a 6.30 p.m. when, you know, she's sort of going down to bed and sort of fitting it in that way. Yeah, yeah, just got to fit it when you can, hey? Yeah, <laughs> and then in right. the And then in the gym, when you're with your mates, hitting all those PRs and stuff, are you more of a fist bump or high five or just sort of like, oh, yeah, that's just what it nah, is? Nah, fist bumps <laughs> all the way. Yes, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah. And how did you first get into the gym? Were you struggling a bit? Were you like, you're unhappy with your weight? Were you going through some personal struggles or have you just always been into fitness? Uh, no, I sort of started, I reckon I started uh, towards the end of my first year of uni. Um, I just sort of started off, I was just eating garbage and drinking all the time and just felt like, just felt really shit. And I ended up just sort of joining the local sort of uni gym and have I just started just like I didn't even know what I was doing. I don't have anyone telling me what to do or anything like that. So I just started like running on the treddy and doing some stuff on like cable machines and then I sort of like got hooked on it sort of thing and just sort of did regular, you know, normal sort of gym stuff for a couple of years and um then sort of went in and out of doing CrossFit for a little while and then uh I go back to doing normal sort of bodybuilding sort of stuff and then back and forth and then um the last sort of maybe four or five years I've just done just done CrossFit I've sort of found a gym that um I've been really really happy with um and yeah have stuck with the CrossFit side of things for the last last year four or five years I reckon yeah for sure awesome so that sounds like a pretty big pivot in your life and you said like you're feeling pretty shit uh, probably daily and from then like I know that you've quit drinking and you had your brother's w- wedding on the weekend as well and you didn't even yep. drink there so not giving yep. you the peer pressure and that sort of thing but yeah why did you come to that decision to not uh to stop drinking and how has that progressed your life yeah uh so I sort of like I'd always been just like you know uh, like a binge drinker sort of thing on like a weekend like it wasn't like you know every day sort of thing or anything like that but I sort of all all the way through my, my 20s and stuff like that I was you know you know would carry on a bit and um you know drink way too much and then I would more so be like the next day and the next few days afterwards and just have like the worst like anxiety and stuff ever like just the biggest hangover anxiety and it took me a really really long time to sort of work out and to sort of accept that it was a problem and it was sort of affecting my mental health and all that sort of stuff. So it was probably similar time I actually started the the business uh, lawless that I, that I quit. I reckon it was February, 2020, I reckon. Um, and it was just after like a particularly massive night and I just woke up the next day and said, nah, that's fucking it. <laughs> that's yeah. enough. So since then, I haven't had anything. And I think just like I'd always been like a nun or a hundred type person. And it was, I just, I was never able just to have a couple. Um, it was, it was just like one of those things I'd either have like nothing for a couple of months or I'd have like 3,000 and just be fucked for, you know, a week or whatever afterwards. And um, yeah, it took me a long, long time. So like I was like probably, I was probably 29, I reckon, when I stopped. And, um, yeah, haven't looked back. Like it's at times it's hard. Like more so now it's fine. Like people at the start are like, you know, 
are weird. It sort of makes them uncomfortable sometimes. Like it's just kind of like I'm speaking a different language, but the longer it's gone on, people just sort of, that's just normal for them now. So it's, it's definitely got easier, but yeah, it was more so like at functions or, you know, like weddings or, you know, cousins, 21st or engagements or bucks or whatever, um, that I'd be like, oh, just like didn't feel super comfortable. And I wasn't so much tempted to drink, but it was just, um, yeah, it was more so thinking what other people would be thinking. And anyway, I've eventually sort of got over that. And most people I hang out with now are just like, yeah, sweet, like good on you. Um, so yeah, it's been, been the best thing I've done for sure. Um, and I'd sort of, if, if anyone else is thinking the similar sort of thing, like then I'd say, give it a crack. Like just even if it's just, you take a month off or, um, or whatever, but yeah. It's been been the best thing I've done, and you yeah, haven't had haven't had anything for four years, so it's um it's been yeah. a while now. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And you spoke a little bit about like that, like doubt or like being judged from other people. Did you also yeah. get that same feeling when you first jumped into business? Um, not so, sometimes. Like I, I a lot of people were like super stoked that I was doing it on the side and all that sort of thing. Um, and I didn't have a lot of people so much doubting me which was good like people thought you know good on you um a lot of people i knew hadn't really done anything like it before so they were like yeah sweet good on you um but i'm as of at the end of this year i'm actually looking to do it more full-time um and i haven't told my mom and dad that yet <laughs> so like you know leaving a full-time job to to take on this and to go back to doing more casual um teaching um so that I'm just sort of putting off until I can, because <laughs> I just don't know, don't, don't need this sort of like, oh, you know, you need a secure thing and whatever else. So, um, yeah, that that's kind of the only only sort of judgment I reckon that I might get, but it's it's not something I'm taking on lightly, sort of thing. Like it's, um, you know, things are really really solid, and the, um, you know, I've been teaching now for a fair while here in Geelong. I've got good relationships with different schools. And, you know, I can easily get as, you know, as much CRT casual work as I need. Um, so I'm not, I'm not fast at all, but, um, yeah, overall, no, I haven't had a lot of negative judgment or anything. I've had most people have been, you know, super supportive and stoked with how I've sort of stuck with it. Um, there's been tons of times where I've just been like, nah, I'm done, you know, hang it up. Like I'm done. But, uh, yeah. And I, when I tell people, you know, I'm still at it who don't really know, um, and how things have been really, really improving. Like everyone's so stoked, which is awesome. Yeah, that's great. And you mentioned before, like you're either a zero or 100 sort of guy. So it doesn't, yep. I, it doesn't feel like it like connects with you to be doing teaching and then this little thing on the side as well. So yep, that, exactly. that jump is going to be huge for you to go all in in your business and hopefully you'll reap it is. from that as well. Yeah, cheers. I hope so too. Like I think, um, and like other thing is, you know, we've got we've got a two and a half year old, and we've got another one on the way, which also you know complicates, you know, makes you more hesitant. But at the same time, it's like, you know, we hope we're going to have, you know, those two kids for you know forever. You know, there's always going to be expenses and all that sort of stuff come up. You know, like do you wait until they're at school? Then your school fees. Like, I don't know. I just think that when you think the time's right to do something like that, you need to sort of back yourself and have have a bit of a crack and. Full time teaching is always going to be there. It's not going to, not going anywhere. Yeah, not going away <laughs> anytime soon. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So, what was some of the major moments in your business where where you were like, "Oh, maybe I can actually do this full time"? What are some of those milestones through along yeah, the journey? Yeah, for sure. I um, the first one would be 
uh, like Black Friday last year, I was I had sort of like in, leading up to that for the previous couple of years or whatever, I had kind of sort of been on again, off again. I'd sort of I'd do something and then I'd have a bit of a fizzer of a sale or um, I'd just sort of lose or get really frustrated with something or whatever. So I'd, I'd just sort of put it on the back burner or didn't have, you know, the financial reserves to just, you know, pump into to new stock if things weren't going really well. But um, I thought that I'd give Black Friday a proper crack last year and I ended up doing about like 12 grand or something in three, four, yeah, four days. Friday to Monday, yeah. So, which at the time was like, you know, half or almost like a year's worth of sales or whatever before leading up to that. So, from then it was like, all right, sweet. Like, there's definitely demand for this. People are happy with it. Um, I still needed to iron out a lot of different system issues and um, all that sort of stuff in terms of like distribution and um, getting my, you know, head around the Facebook ads side of things and. Uh, all that sort of stuff but definitely yeah black friday last year would have been the main one and then this year i've signed up with um the e-commerce equation with jay wright and have jumped i i started at the start of the year and i left only because a lot of the coaching calls and stuff that i could jump on were during the day and i couldn't really maximize that while i'm still working full-time so i've jumped back in um in the past probably a month ago because i thought all right let's give us a proper crack leading up to black friday this year and it's just been like the best thing that i've done it's just given me guidance it's given me like confidence to to sort of really start ramping things up and um sort of seeing the stability in it has also helped me like all right this is you know much much more stable than than what it used to be um so yeah that's definitely given me the confidence to be like all right let's let's give this a crack next year and, and see how far i can sort of push it yeah, and what was the like main thing that made Black Friday last year so successful? Was it just a matter of like turning up and showing your face on, say, Instagram, and actually putting some money behind your products and stuff like that, or is it just like sort of happened for no reason? No, it was definitely a few different things. So I, I've been watching, um, I've been following this YouTube um, bloke Nick Terrio for a fair while, watching his videos, and I just looked at, I'd been following some different stuff he was suggesting to do, like um, building up a little bit more of a list and all that sort of stuff. And I just ran, I didn't even put that much money behind. It was only like maybe like a hundred bucks, a couple hundred bucks at the the start of like doing like a lead gen ad and having like, um, so basically telling people that the website was going to be locked um, for the, like a day before Black Friday. um, So people could get like a 24 hour early VIP access so his that was his tip. So I it was kind of just like a scarcity sort of thing, and people you know fear of missing out sort of stuff. So I I did that. I just ran I just ran that for like a week or something beforehand, and got I can't even remember how many emails. It wasn't tons, but it was just kind of having a bit more structure behind things and having a bit more of a, it wasn't much of a plan, but it was a little bit. It was much more than yeah. I beforehand. Um, and then yeah, sort of dumping those emails into my clavio and whatever but then just um hammering the emails and also just dialing up the ad spend so i went from you know being spending i don't know maybe 100 bucks a day or something like that to i did like a i don't know maybe a thousand bucks a day in ad spend or something like that so just just ramping things up really like that and just just seeing that everything was just coming in i remember like the 
the morning of the VIP thing, my phone was just going fucking ballistic. And I was like, sweet, like, this is fucking working, like actually working. So when I started seeing that, I was like, all right, let's fucking dial up the ad spend and, and see what we can what we can get. So I ended up spending, I don't know, three or four grand or whatever on ads. Um, and yeah, about 12 grand in sales. Um, the one thing I didn't really plan out properly was like, G'day D2C Slingshot listeners. Before we get back to our awesome discussion, I want to take a moment to share something special with you. Are you an e-commerce brand looking for clarity and guidance on your digital advertising strategy? Well, you're in luck. At Social Slingshot, we offer free 15-minute account audits to help you navigate this minefield. These quick but comprehensive audits are designed to provide you with valuable insights, personalized recommendations, and a clearer path to success. Whether you're struggling with ad performance, looking to optimize your campaigns, or just seeking some expert advice, our team is here to help. We'll review your current strategies, identify opportunities, and offer tips tailored to your brand. Don't let uncertainty hold your e-commerce business back. Take advantage of our free 15-minute account audits today. It's the first step towards maximizing your ad spend and crushing your competitors. To schedule your free audit, simply visit our website at www.socialslingshotau.com or send us a direct message on Instagram at Lockie Social Slingshot. Let's slingshot your sales together. Now, back to our episode. You know, inventory properly, looking at my offer properly. I just did 50% off everything. Fucking go your hardest sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that that's something that I've improved on this year. But um, yeah, that, that was kind of what I did to get the the black friday numbers i did last year um but you're hoping to sort of get i don't know at least four or five six times more this year yeah yeah cool and are you using the same strategies are you locking down the site again or are you going a completely different Uh, strategy i'm not going to lock down the site this time no i've done something kind of similar like um locking down the site was okay but it was a little bit of stuff around and there's like the issue of like people if they can't get in they're not using the right code even though it was only a it was like a VIP, like you can't really stuff it up, but yeah. there's just a little bit of little bit of friction or whatever. I guess you could have. Um, so this year, what I've been doing is I've been running a giveaway um, for like a pair of grips for yourself and three friends, and I've run that as a lead gen ad as well for the last probably couple of months now. Um, so just getting as many sort of new emails and SMS as I can through that. Um, and I'll announce the winner of that pretty soon. Um, and then what I'm going to be doing is I've actually like through the e-commerce equation group, um, you know, got a bunch of different spreadsheets to plan out like the hype phase of my ads, you know, a couple of days beforehand, you know, the, the length of my sale, I'm going to do it like a, a week do like a week long sale sort of thing leading, uh, so like probably from the Saturday or the Monday to the Monday sort of thing. Um, yeah. and just, yeah, just planning the the um content out for that in, in advance and having um you know much more um like having my numbers and my projected revenue and all that sort of stuff worked out beforehand um and just having a much more sort of planned out plan of attack sort of thing yeah and what platforms are you planning to use is it still just facebook and clavio or you're mixing in some google ads and stuff as well or yeah i'm going to chuck in some google ads too um so google ads i'm going to do sms i'm going to do yeah facebook um and email they're my they're my ones i'm going to use so mo- most heavily facebook um but yeah i'll, I'll put 
a little bit into into Google Ads, um, do like SMS sort of opening and then closing sort of thing. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I'm that's what I'm looking to do at the moment. Yeah, cool. And you probably ran into a bit of a um, margin issue last year because you're spending a lot on ads, and then you also had a fifty percent off sale. What did yep. you learn from doing such a big sale, and what are you doing differently this year? Yeah, so actually, like looking at all right, maybe I don't have to, you know, absolutely go wild with a massive discount. And actually, looking at like looking at my shipping costs, probably I'm doing a lot more um, international stuff now as well. Um, so sort of factoring that in a little bit, um, my profit margin is really like really solid with my, my main products, which are my grips. So that like I can sort of do, you know, more than just, you know, like a really tiny little discount, like I can sort of comfortably discount them, but just having it planned and looking at my numbers a lot better, looking at, um, shipping costs, um, and then looking at different things like, um, improving my upsells in, in, including you know, bundles and different things like that to increase my average order value. Um, because I think with that, like it'll just be so much better than what it was last year. Like it was really good. It was, it was this massive, like turning point for me. Yeah. A lot more in advance. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you do some pretty good numbers, and then you've also got like the new you, new me crowd that will come along as well, which will yeah. hopefully be awesome for you. But then, obviously, February March is probably a bit of a slower season for you. Is that right? Yeah. So that's pretty much how it was. Like I last year, like for a lot of brands, aren't in the fitness thing. Like normally January is dead, um, but in the fitness sort of industry space what are you going to call it that january yeah the new me new year new me sort of thing is really good i think that um for those slower months that you know if you change your offers up a bit you know refresh things a little bit it can help you um improve like even um this year i've got a lot more like global with my um targeting and and customer base and i think that doing that sort of stuff also hedges your bets a little bit. Like if one country particularly is really, really slow, like Australia for me, the last couple of months has been really slow. I think it's really sort of slowed down leading up to the Black Friday sort of thing. Everyone's sort of saving their cash. But from having more of a global um, customer base, you sort of spread that a little bit better. And my October was, I think I did about maybe 35 grand or something like that which is like my second biggest month so i think from doing things like that um you can sort of overcome a little bit of those yeah typically slower months sort of um just trying something new and um you know mixing things up a little bit keeping things fresh yeah and then what about like uh like shiny object syndrome as well so you got your main yep. seller the grips and yep. i assume it would be really tempting to get all this gym equipment on your store all these different yep. apparel lines and like there's so yep. much in the fitness industry you can sell and put onto yep. your website how do you sort of combat that yeah well i didn't for a long time i just was constantly just like constantly trying to think of new things um and just going way too broad with stuff um not you know, using customer feedback data or whatever else. It was just kind of like, yeah, chronic task switching. Um, and yeah, to, to overcome it, I think like joining that group has helped me so much. Like having that guidance, um, having some different um, like frameworks and stuff to work through and to stick with. 
that has helped me heaps. And also, like, basically, just yeah, working out that, you know, the good old 80-20 rule, you know, 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your, your, your stock or whatever it is. It's it's super, super true. Um, and, yeah, I think just having learnt that trying to do too much, you spread yourself too thin and you can't, you know, you can't, with your ads and stuff, for example, you know, you can't pump, you know, all this money into it if you've got like 3,000 different um, products. Yeah. So trying to do less, like quality over quantity sort of thing is what I've tried to stick stick to. Um, and it's something that I had struggled with for ages. It was just like I'd be doing, you know, T-shirts and stuff and then I want to chuck something else in. And it was just, yeah, it's not, um, it's just, it's a really, really slow way <laughs> to do things and yeah. it's not efficient. So, um, yeah, it's something that I've definitely had to really, really rein in. Um and still have to sort of be on top of myself and just be like, all right, just stop. Like, look at what's yeah. working and, um, and you know, try and try and send that pretty much. Yeah, cool. And I guess that's why you're quitting teaching as well. That's probably taken up 80% of your time and the business yeah, generated 20% of everything. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So, um, yeah, trying to fit everything in, it has been really, really hard this year. Like I've sort of, I've really struggled with that, um, trying to find time with stuff and, you know, I'd be sort of trying to do stuff during lunch times and stuff like that at work and then, um, you know, come home, you know, do bath and bed with our toddler um, and then go into the 6.30 class, come back, it's like 7.30, 8 o'clock, have dinner and then try and pack some orders or whatever else after dinner and it's just like you can only do that for a certain point before it becomes really inefficient and, um, yeah. yeah, so that that by itself has kind of been one of the other main things. It's been like, all right, if you want to try and do this, then you need to kind of, something needs to give um, and sort of need to be realistic. And by doing that, I think that things will be much more efficient and um, yeah, I'll be able to put a lot more like energy and focus into, <laughs> into this. Yeah, um, for sure. I, I'm not sure how you go from being a teacher. Like my girlfriend's a teacher now and yep. she comes home wrecked every day because the yep. workload's insane. And then yep. trying to build a business on top of that, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Plus having yeah. a two-year-old at home, I, yeah. I don't know how you get every, anything done. Uh, yeah, but do you know, have like any like tips on like how to stay focused or maintain that consistency? Yeah, I don't know. Like Different things like trying to time block things like I'm not very good at it myself but having like just setting a timer and saying like all right 20 minutes I'm just focusing on this one thing like whatever it is maybe it's my ads or maybe it's like getting some emails preloaded or or whatever else like blocking out time and just um focusing on a certain thing for whatever time it is um and then I've also done like a like a timetable at different times and just like just for myself, my mental, whatever, like, all right, before, before work, I'll chuck in my numbers from the day before, like my sales and how much I spent on ads and whatever into this spreadsheet. Um, and then during the day at like lunchtime or whatever, I'll check something else and at nighttime, um, you know, pack orders or whatever. So having a bit of a, you know, some sort of framework or timetable to work around um, ha- like helps a lot, but definitely like, assigning a certain amount of time for a, for a, whatever topic it is you need to do that would be my number one thing because you can just purely focus on that um i've done that recently in the holidays 
and I feel like I have got more stuff done in two days than I did like all the way through the term, the whole term beforehand, like just because I was able just to focus on stuff and, and get stuff done a lot more efficiently. Yeah, and you build that like consistency and focus over time. Like I, I personally think focus is a skill that you yep. have to learn. It's, it just doesn't come naturally, especially when you have TikTok sitting there on your phone. Yeah, it's so easy to doom scroll for hours. So yeah, yep. I time box as well. So I'll, I'll like brain dump all my tasks and then sort of try to put that into a calendar. If things come up during the day, it comes up, but at least they have some sort of structure there. And yeah. then, yeah, timing yourself or setting a timer. I usually, yeah. like it used to be there yeah, 15, 20 minutes because I couldn't focus. But now yeah. I'm sort of like between 45 minutes and then on a good day, I'll do an hour and a half and then yeah, you know, like awesome. I need a break or something. But yeah, it takes yeah. a while to build up to that level because yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, <laughs> you need to be on social media all the time. It feels oh, like anyway. mate, I know. And I just think like if you're someone like me who gets distracted by my phone as well, like keep your phone in another room or something like that if you're trying to get something done because you get some sort of notification. Even if it's like just nothing, then you end up going down the rabbit hole for 20 minutes and like, oh, fuck, I've got nothing done for the last last half an hour or something. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd, I'd probably suggest that as well, just putting your phone away somewhere else, trying to time on your laptop um, and, and do something that way, I reckon. Yeah. Awesome. So after obviously you get through Black Friday and then the new, new, new me, what's on the track for next year's and possibly the next couple of years? Um, yeah. So at the moment I would like to just continually like um, consistently build up um, a bigger customer base and just keep continuously growing sustainably, I guess, like not trying to go way, way too hard, too quick. Um, I'm going to definitely still be with um, that e-commerce equation group and having you know um, the the guidance through that and all the feedback I can get through that. Um, like I would like to do some more um, sponsoring of different events. Um, I've got one coming up in uh, over in WA uh, later this month. So sort of like doing some like title sponsoring of you know different CrossFit events and stuff like that. Um, I'm looking to have a stall at Torian this year, which is um, like May, I think it is, up in Brisbane. It's like the national uh, a level event, a CrossFit event. Um, yeah. And like it's not cheap to do. Like I didn't do it last year because it's like, I don't know, like six grand or something like that to have a stall there for the, for the weekend. But um, in terms of like, you know, awareness and, and, you know, people are just spending money like crazy there. So, I want to do that this year and have that have that organized um well in advance and that sort of stuff um in terms of like other stuff here logistics wise I'm looking to uh p- potentially look at um renting a small warehouse to start um picking and packing my stuff um I have worked a couple I had a couple of goes with some like third party logistics places first one was just bit dodgy with the way they were charging they're charging in us dollars they were sort of um not letting me choose who i wanted to send with that they'd funnel all them through this really dodgy courier and that the parcels lost everywhere and it's a nightmare um yeah. another one i started with but um they had some tech issues with um international orders and probably like 70 80 percent of my orders are internationals at the moment so i was like let's just Put a pin in it for the moment and at the at the moment packing stuff here um for the moment um but yeah looking to move to a, to a warehouse get my stock out of my house out of my garage and um 
yeah, continue to grow things like that. Just have things a bit more official and um, yeah. Make room for all the baby products that your missus (laughs) will be ordering. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So um, yeah, just sort of, yeah, having some, having some more room, having some more, maybe um, put on some um, picky packing people um, at some stage um, grow, you know, put on someone for um, uh, putting on some sort of other, team members to help out with, um, you know, inventory planning or different stuff like that, which is things that I've always sucked at. Um, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully doing those sorts of things and, um, yeah, just sort of becoming a bit more well-known like Australia wide and, um, and worldwide as well. That's that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, for sure. We'll have to check back in and probably around this time next year and see how all that went and look back at this podcast as well. Uh, But just before we finish up today, like if you were to go back in time and start again, what would you do differently? Um, If I knew what I knew now, I would just pick pick like one or two things and try and stick with them rather than trying to be too, trying to um, sell everything to everyone. There's that saying, it's like you try to be everyone's customer, then like you try to be everyone who's customer, then no one's your customer sort of thing. Um, and yeah, like I'd, I'd say, you know, I'd do it again and I'd say like, you know, stick with it. Um, even though there's been a ton of time, so I'm just, you know, wanting to get, I was done with it. But yeah, yeah back yourself, uh, back myself and um, yeah, just try and do something you know less but do it better and, and stick with it that's that's probably what i try and do yeah yeah for sure well thanks so much for coming on today it was a pleasure to hear about your story and i can't wait to check in further down the track but for before you say goodbye you just want to give a quick plug to your socials as well yeah i love it awesome um so if you want to follow us on insta it's just um lwlss.co or just search lawless on on insta um and, and it'll pop up Yeah, awesome, mate. Thanks for coming on and we'll speak soon. Awesome, mate. Thanks for having me. Hey, D2C Slingshot listeners. Unfortunately, this episode has come to an end. If you did make it this far, I'm pretty sure you enjoyed it. So how about hitting the thumbs up, leaving a comment or even smashing subscribe. Any engagement or feedback truly helps us improve and grow. And remember, if you have any questions at all or insights you'd like to share, the best place to reach me is on Instagram at Lockie Social Slingshot. Thank you for listening and I'll see you on the next one.